Hello and welcome back to Blooming with Lime. I'm your host Georgia Wood and I'm keen to have you guys back. We've got an exciting episode coming up. Uh, Just a little disclaimer, I'm no doctor. So take what you want from it and what you don't want, just leave it, you're in control. And remember that sometimes real, raw and relatable conversations are more important than the hard cold facts. Okay, let's get to it. Hello and welcome, Kira. We have a singer-songwriter with us today and also fellow Lime Fighter. How are you doing today, love? Good. It's good to talk to you. It's lovely to talk to you. Definitely our schedules have been a little bit clashy because of our Lyme symptoms, but you know, that's how it is. <laughs> I know. It's perfect when you're trying to do this with someone who has Lyme because when you say, I'm in a flare suddenly, you don't think you're going to get push back and confused. yeah you don't feel that guilt because <laughs> yeah. you're like they get it they get it oh you speak the language unfortunately yeah exactly so <laughs> I thought we'd just start by you sharing your story and then we'll just go into a conversation about it that's perfect yeah so um basically I got bitten 2012 so gosh years ago now and that yeah, right it I've feels felt- like I know. So (laughs) it's crazy. It really does. It feels like so long ago, but also not at all. Um, Exactly. But I I mean, I told you, but I was probably bitten before that, like just growing up, like I remember having little baby ticks on me, like hiking and picking them off, but like I was never sick. So it's like hard to say because you see doctors now and they're always trying to trace it back to when you first got sick. But as you probably know, like sometimes you can't trace it. I just remember 2012, I had a bullseye from a tick, and I had never had yeah. a bullseye before. So that, and then the doctor I saw immediately at the hospital said it was a spider bite, and he was obviously an idiot. Of course. <laughs> um, of course. What else can we great. expect? I know. But, and then you, I was fine. I was fine until 2015, very healthy, um, always been a vegetarian, pretty much runner. Um, just really active nature lover outdoors all the time in grass, like having no fear, like those innocent. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I know you probably missed those too. But then um, 2015, I got, I started to get symptomatic with things and I don't know if this is similar for you, but I was really healthy before. So getting symptoms like that came out of nowhere, just didn't feel right. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's anxiety. It's, it's this, it's that, but I knew it wasn't that. Like I it just... was something more. It yes. wasn't just that. Yes. And you know, like also have like for me, I've definitely there's anxiety and then there's Lyme anxiety and yes. it feels very different. Absolutely. I completely agree. And same as depression. There's depression yeah. and then there's depression with Lyme and it's a very different sort of depression. Absolutely. I totally agree. And also, I mean, I didn't even know like what Lyme was really then. I just knew it was mm-hmm. Like something more nebulous, dark thing that like no one really wants to talk about. Um, but so I didn't even think of that. I just thought like, I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I had thyroid issues for a little bit that went away. Then I started having dizziness and then fatigue and then this burning at the front of my neck and like these like neur- neurological things. And as we said, you're a singer. So that yeah. must be really tough. It was. I had been touring before that and playing professionally a good amount and really like working up to trying to make that as much of a career as I could. And then 
this happened and bam, it's like, okay, stop singing because suddenly like it hurts at the front of my neck and it's burning and I'm having like back of the neck pain too. And I'm just so tired wow. and scared of what's happening that I don't want to sing. So that's like the first, mm. first heartbreak or like the first arrow is like, yeah, like, big job. Yeah. Like everything has to stop now and you don't even know why. So anyway, so then I just, I kept getting all these symptoms and I kept going to all these doctors, just like every other woman's story with this. And then mm-hmm. everyone told me different things, go to physical therapy, maybe it's MS, um, let's do brain MRIs, let's do x-rays, this and that. Thank God every test came back normal, but that also meant no one was- You didn't have me. an answer to what was happening. Yeah. yeah. And there's one doctor I saw who I don't even want to spend too much time on because she's not worth it. But um, I'll even say her name so people can avoid her. But Dr. Bella Sandler in Queens, New York, was horrible. Yeah. And there, her doctor, her office made fun of me. They said, you're, you're crazy. You don't yeah, I was about to say, so in what sort of way? Because that sounds very relatable, yes. sadly. But and, yeah, what sort of way? How did, like, I, th- I think for some of the some really young people with Lyme, it's really hard to know how you should be treated by a doctor. Yes. And so it, I guess for you, it's like sort of a blessing, but a curse because you knew that's not how I should be treated. Right. Yeah. So I, So I, what signs, yeah, what signs stood out to and you? And you're right, because I, I was like late 20s at the time. So I had a sense, but also, Georgia, I didn't even know, like, who could I trust? Can I even trust myself? Like so much is spiraling so quickly. When you get oh, sick. that is such a relatable yeah. line. Can I even <laughs> trust myself? Because yeah. it's like you have the professionals telling you nothing's wrong. And you're like, how do I know more to them? But I know my gut exactly. and what it's telling me. Yeah. And I know my symptoms. And so being that vulnerable, especially when you're a woman, because you're more likely to be treated like you're having quote unquote hysteria rather than an actual medical problem. We're not like yes. very well trained to say no back off and listen to me in an objective yeah to way. advocate yeah exactly to advocate so specifically what happened in that office was I went in I was definitely upset but I was able to articulate the symptoms she looked at me she told me to be quiet she told me to stop being so hysterical then her oh assistant God. told me that they have worse problems um where they come from and that I should be grateful. And then I, Oh yeah, this was the Russian, right? And then I went into um, a room to get a, um, a sonogram or some test of my chest area. And the, the tech there said, what do you think's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know. I just, I don't know what's going on. He said mockingly, he pointed to his head and he made the motion of like crazy, Oh my goodness. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. And the worst that I was guilty of was I was upset that I was, and I was like crying at times when I spoke with the doctor, but I, I mean, yeah, it's bloody emotional. Your life has been flipped on the one side, Yes, but I never, you know, I never acted in a way that was outlandish or anything. I was, if anything, just like noticeably like worried, but distressed a little bit distressed understandably so I would say to anyone who's like seeing a doctor now definitely like go with someone else because it's good to have a witness and to have someone who can help you advocate I was alone I didn't know better 
So go with someone else, whether it's like family. That's a really good point. Yeah. Definitely, you're right. And also, like, if anything happens even close, I mean, that's a that's a bad situation. But any even that's a very that, bad situation. Just go. You can leave. You have a right to leave. You're. Yeah, that's what I had to keep reminding myself is like, <laughs> I am the one providing the money, and they are the ones working for me, Absolutely. and I am not deserving of how you're treating me that's such a smart way to look at it and honestly like a lot of people don't think of it that way we're in doctor's hands and we think oh yes whatever you tell me but we don't remember we're paying you for a service and you need to work for us like in in a respectful way so Mm -hmm. anyway so that was that was probably the lowest point I'd say um but honestly after that it just I I didn't find any help until a year and a half later, I was so sick that I woke up with 103.5 fever. Oh, my goodness. My teeth hurt. I don't know if you ever had that. <laughs> yeah, where they, like, ache? Yes, every, sing- like every single tooth. Like, hurt. Like Yeah. Like, you couldn't <laughs> even chew. Oh, I couldn't even open my jaw. I had such, yeah. such pain from my oh, And I knew... But still, because this is how I am, I still went for a run that day. Oh, my God. Like, I agree. That's exactly how I, like, am with my Lyme is I always would push through. And especially before I knew I had it, oh, my goodness, because I was like, I don't know whether I have anything or not. I can keep going. I can keep going. (laughs) Like, no rest. (laughs) Oh, me too, girl. I was like, and then I came, and it was the summers, July 4th, I remember. Yeah. And I came back home, and I near unconscious said to my then boyfriend I need to go to the hospital (laughs) so we went to the hospital and this was I guess I would say this is the turning point in my story um because thank god the ER director who treated me was like a more unconventional out of the box sort of doctor and he said you have Lyme and I said no I don't they told me I don't and he said I don't care the tests are 50 percent accurate I'm treating you clinically, which means based on your symptoms. And girl, you have Lyme and I'm putting an IV in you right now. And you're going to stay here and we're going to start intensive treatment. Wow. So very, that, that is, I, I and the fact that that happened at a hospital in, because did you Crazy. go into the emergency room? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that, that is happened. like, seriously, because I've now been trained to not say anything about Lyme when I go into Me an too. emergency room. So that's a blessing. Wow. That was a blessing. It was a real like miracle moment because, and then this is kind of crazy. I didn't tell you this when we talked before, but he was so out of the box that he wanted to try me on all these different treatments. Um, one of them, I don't know if you know about like medical ketamine. Um, yeah, I actually, I nearly did that treatment as well. Well, you he do really. It. Oh, I did it. oh, really? <laughs> I would yes. love to chat about that for a minute, actually, because sure. I've, I've, yeah, no, I, I was very close to doing that. And then I ended up leaving the facility that was going to start it okay. with me, but we were going to do it as an experiment. So how did that go? Did you realize, did you feel any progress or? I didn't feel anything from it except, I mean, in that moment, I was still like, I feel like I hit my bottom because now you've come to a realization very quickly of, oh, I have this illness and part of it's relief, but then part of it is the fear of. Oh, oh shit I think this is going to be a long road yeah like I'm this isn't going to be an easy road. one mm-hmm. yeah and so you're so overwhelmed that like I can barely remember details of that day because I was so sick but he said this will help with some of the Lyme anxiety and this will help with some of the pain that's causing 
And I, I didn't feel any difference from it, but it just kind of adds to coloring that day for me. Of yeah. Being like an outrageous experience all in one day. 100%. Um, but I'm grateful that he told me what was up and like, the fact is it's controversial. The fact is it's political. The fact is it's not accurate testing and you can't listen to the test. Mm-hmm. That's really so, amazing that you found that out. Not so suddenly yeah. because it did take a couple years, but right. when you did, you've got, you got that sort of information. That's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I also was lucky to have another doctor whom I've known for a long time um, say to me just based on my symptoms, I think you have tick-borne illness. A family member of mine does. And I think you need to like force your doctors to listen. And I was so mad at him because I was like, I don't want to have that. Like no one's going to listen. Just can it just be fibromyalgia or can it just be like something else they're telling like me? Something like something that's known so you can say it <laughs> and then you're understood. It's such oh. a sad thing that we want because we want like another disease. It's so yeah. Sad. It's, it's, well, I used to have such issues with getting messed up in my head because I'd just be, dreaming of having another sickness and then yeah exactly but it's crazy and then I think about it I'm like why wasn't I dreaming to be healthy but it's like the (laughs) fact of the reality is I was sick and I needed that acknowledgement like it's a step in our health recovery that we do need that acknowledgement because humans we desire acknowledgement we desire attention and anyone that disagrees with that like you're probably not human that's what I always say I say every living thing just wants acknowledgement like base level just acknowledge it just acknowledge like that someone's got something going on that someone's sick someone's suffering and then from there like and we talked about this too like never wanting cancer never wanting that really but the thing that happens when you're so desperately ill that you think you're going to die and no one's hearing you you start in your mind being like I wish that this illness was accepted by society because then at least I would get not only like the proper care but also just like acknowledgement and validation yeah the the emotional support and not even just like people backing behind you because yeah that'd be great but I don't expect that I think it's just the validation of holy crap yeah you were fighting something and it's tough yeah instead of people just saying like get over it it's nothing you're fine you're fine and it's like are you kidding me I know. Mind over matter. I thought I hated that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, my mind's not working, so my mind cannot get over the matter. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's so true. And, like, I, you know, I've read about people comparing it to the AIDS epidemic Mm -hmm. of, like, the 70s and, I guess, the 80s more so. Yeah. Of, like, how that wasn't until recently acknowledged. Very recently. Yes. And now people are saying, like researchers and scientists and doctors, medical, part of the medical community saying Lyme is that new illness because it's an epidemic and it doesn't have near the attention required to get it under control. And we're going to look back on this and be so ashamed of how we treated it. Yeah, it's my thing for that is like I believe that we are just the people who have to bring the attention yeah. to it and as much yeah. as that sucks like someone did have to do that for every sickness and That's they had true. to advocate and we just happen to be the generation that is the one doing it and it like sucks okay. but I guess the more I think about it is for those coming up with it 
Like, for instance, when I first got sick, there was definitely not a podcast I could go listen to to be like, oh, other people are going through what I'm right. going through. Or there was, yeah. I mean, I've only seen in the past year or so a lot of Instagram accounts pop up and, like, all of that. Like, I was searching and searching and there was nothing that I could be like, oh, someone else is going through this too. And <laughs> yep. now that that's happening, that in itself is so healing because I just hear the same story. And it's not the same, but very similar stories I wasn't listened to. No one believed me. I felt crazy. Now I'm learning to advocate myself. And now I've got this strength. Absolutely. And I just believe it's, it's, it's up only to us. the past year. <laughs> yeah, it really is yeah, this past year. And I think this is like a major year in Lime Life that will be always looked back on because there is this massive growth in awareness that's happening. I think so. I think that's a good historical perspective to have on it. Like this is the year. It's Mm -hmm. kind of exciting. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like we are doing it ourselves. Yeah. Which. And like, this was something I wanted to bring up too about that is you. So it's mostly women who I've, so I was reading something about like 79% of Lyme sufferers or women, at least the ones who come out about it. And part of that is like women are more likely than men to talk about health issues, but also part of it is hormonally, mm-hmm. I've read. And also we're always like treated more so than men in doctor's offices. Like we're just anxious or moody mm-hmm. and oh never given validation like off the bat from doctors. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, not great (laughs) so I'm glad you have this because you've had so many women on I've listened to yeah I've that's been my goal is to mainly bring women on because I I I've got a couple men I know of with Lyme but that as as you said like we're more willing to sort of open up about it and speak about and speak about our feelings because Lyme does affect you so much emotionally and does make you kind of crazy kind of is not it, it makes you crazy. <laughs> and some of this stuff, like, it's tough to talk about. It's sort of, it's, it's not embarrassing, but it initially feels embarrassing because it's not what you would be choosing to do as a human, right. but it happens. So it's and hard to, to articulate. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to articulate, like, in the right way, what is you, what's actually, what you're trying to present and then what's actually happening in your body. If you know what I'm trying to say, that was kind of confusing. But. Yeah, no, it, it's a lot of compartmentalizing. And mm-hmm. like, the only thing I can say, which is vague, is like, you just know what it is Lyme, you know what isn't. Like, I'll get sick or I'll have a flare, rather. I'll have a flare. And people will be like, well, maybe it's just a cold. You know, people with Lyme get sick too. But the thing is, I know what a cold feels like. And then I know what all the Lyme stuff feels like. And it's, it's a like different world. world. Oh. It's, just, it's, a, it's just another world. <laughs> you know. Exactly. It is. It really is. And and like when I have normal sickness, this is so funny, and I bet you know what I'm talking about. When I have normal stuff, I'm like, yay. Oh, I'm just I'm just sleepy because I, I stayed up late. Oh, that's such a great feeling. It's not like sickening fatigue it's like I'm just sleepy like it's such a nor it's such a relief yeah all the difference from when you do like a workout and your body aches to when just your body aches right well yes that to me is like such a I would take the body aching from a hard workout any day than body just aching yeah and for me I think a lot of people don't realize like with when Lyme becomes chronic or late stage it becomes systemic and so 
the scariest part of of it for me is the neurological stuff. Oh my gosh, the whole yes. body thing. Like like when I first got sick, I told you this, but it felt I couldn't get off the couch. I was so sick that I really thought my body was just breaking down and I was dying because I didn't know I had Lyme. So I was like, well, I guess this is what dying is. So I tried to get up to walk and I couldn't because it felt like I was pushing through jello and mm-hmm. I if I didn't sit down, I would pass out. I had such vertigo. I had such neurological stuff I couldn't read my eyes couldn't focus I had flashing lights um pain everywhere yeah it, just, it felt like if this isn't dying then what is this like it just felt like my body was shutting down yeah and that's also another thing that like scares me about people not knowing a Lyme is because it really does feel like you're dying and it's yeah. it's such a real feeling that when you and I'm not sure if you ever did feel suicidal or not or do at one point or another, but for me, I know it's linked with my Lyme whenever I do. And it's a v- much, I've had uh, suicidal thoughts when I'm depressed and then suicidal thoughts when I'm linked with Lyme slash depressed. And those are so much more scary because it literally yeah. feels like you are in the moments of dying. And so it feels well, so real. Physical. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like, it's physiologically, it's out, it's born out of like, like an organic illness in your body so it's like I mean it's you feel like you're possessed like you feel like you've been taking oh my gosh yeah I wrote a poem whenever it was before I was diagnosed but it was when I was trying to get my family to understand what was going through and I wrote a poem and it was called like the devil inside of me because it literally felt like there was a devil inside of me taking over my insides and I did not have control I know that you are not alone in that because I've read things like that from Lyme people. And I also, when I was really sick, I wrote similar things also about like feeling like I was in the desert because mm-hmm. I felt like. Yeah. Felt oh like my gosh. I've never I, heard that, but I love that. And also feeling like I was underwater because physically I felt like I was, but Drowning. also you feel like, you're just, yeah, like you're trying to keep your head above the waves. Yeah. Have you seen, Av- have you listened to Avril, Av- Av- Avril Lavigne's song, Head Above yes. Water? I yes. heard that and, and I just so- cry and I cry I know, and me I too. cry me and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Anyone who has Lyme, yeah. go listen to that song, by the way. Avril, yep. Avril I can't pronounce her last name. Lavigne, Head Above Water. It is really, it gets you. And It's so funny because when I was sick and, well, actually recently um, in a flare, I started, like before I knew that, I was writing a song also about being in water like like drowning or like avoiding a storm and then I heard it hers and I was like so this is a universal Lyme feeling of like metaphorically but also physically feeling like you're in water mm-hmm. like it's so crazy 100 percent um cool. I'll tell okay. I would love to also talk about the sort of cycle that we go through when we because for me, I know, and I think for most Limeys, I mean, for most, no, not for most, for all humans, we need a purpose, right? To keep us going, to get us getting up, like, world is great, but it's also tough. Um, we definitely need a purpose. And it's really Absolutely. hard to keep your purpose with Lime. And if mm-hmm. you want to chat a little bit about your purpose and how it sort of was threatened by Lime. Absolutely. That is so true. Because you need to anchor yourself to something when you feel like you're spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lyme feels like physically and emotionally is you have no control. You've lost your footing 
and you're just free falling. And so when I first started getting sick, I couldn't continue with music like I wanted to because I had to focus on just going to doctors and getting better and all of that is a full surviving job. each moment to moment survive exactly yeah not to mention surviving and just like staying out of a deep dark depression because you feel like your life's over mm-hmm. um so or life's been stolen from you at such an early age exactly, or yeah. early point absolutely at any point um, your life has been stolen yeah and so that's been the biggest struggle for me since then and every single day still is trying to remember that everything can get burned down at any moment and you just have to freaking rebuild. Yeah. You just have to rebuild. And that's like, that is, I guess I would say that's the hardest thing for me. So I've been trying to start music again and it's been in starts and stops for the past year or so, but I've written a lot when I was sick and I've started recording some more and playing a little bit again but it's all because of line flares you know it's all in starts and stops and you just have to you just have to rebuild every day it feels like every single day no I I completely agree with that because um for instance my purpose is now doing this podcast and even that like I thought it would be a lot easier because it's to do with Lyme but it's still that having to you have to feel good enough to be able to do a recording or you have to feel good enough to be able to have the brain capacity. And so you, let's say on a Monday, I'll plan out my week and, but I don't know whether on Thursday or Friday or Wednesday, my body's going to be working so I can get the plan out as much as possible, but am I going to be able to follow through? I'm not sure. And that in itself is draining because then you're like, do I even set it up? And that's where you start holding yourself back or getting like fear or absolutely you start and for me and I know that we chatted about this but I believe that there's this sort of cycle and for me each time I've put effort into my purpose because for me I put so much drive and love and emotion into my purpose that I feel so much energy is used that by the time I'm ready to do whatever it's meant to be um there's this I guess it, I guess it, yeah, it would be called fear that takes over my energy. So at that point, I'm normally dry of energy because I've put so much love and dedication and all this, like, oh my gosh, I need all of this to get my purpose out. And then the fear and the energy collide. And then I'm feeling it such, it's just more of a loss because it's not me just failing because I'm failing because I didn't follow through with something or something that I can actually blame on myself. Let's say if I didn't put in the the time to prepare or I, it's not something I can work on because it's a line and it's, right. it's feels like such a big loss. Cause there's not something I can just go back and be like, Oh, let me exactly. just change that for the next time. It's like, I can't just change that for the next time. Right. And so it's like, it's well, exactly how do I go forward? Control. Yeah. It's exactly out of your control. Absolutely. This yeah. Is, do you was, feel the like, same least, sort of? Yeah. 100% burger like when we talked and we both landed upon this area together and we yeah were like oh like I was like I felt like a light opened up and I was like oh my god someone else understands this the pressure that we put on the things that remain after Lyme has like scorched so much and like burned so much shit down mm-hmm. becomes 
it becomes a catch 22 or like a cycle where it yeah i literally have a cycle in my notes it's literally got purpose down arrow fear (laughs) cross arrow energy up arrow such major loss and then go to purpose it's in such a cycle because that's what i feel it is yes and the thing is like we have okay so we have less now perhaps Mm -hmm. but but the way that i want to reframe it to look at in a positive way is that it's less, but it's more concentrated. So it's less, but maybe it's more important. Maybe yes. it's more meaningful now. Maybe yes. it's quality over quantity. Exactly. That's really how we do have to live our lives. It's quality over quantity because otherwise but it's not going to happen. But that's devastating. You can't put the pressure on because yep. the pressure is what makes it collapse. Like mm-hmm. with, with singing, with music, like it's so hard now because all I want is to get back to before, you know, and I will, but it's going to be in smaller steps than before. Um, but the pressure that I put on it makes me become all or nothing. And then that's killer. Then you just get in your own way. And the thing that's kind of interesting about it that I've learned from Lyme in general is like everything with Lyme magnifies everything that everyone goes through in life, regardless of Lyme or not. It's just that with Lyme, it kind of magnifies it. So like, even if I wasn't sick, I would have these struggles because as humans, we get in our own way and we're perfectionists. Mm -hmm. But with Lyme, it kind of maximizes everything. Like everything is magnified because you're also having a physical sickness and a flare. So it's like we have to learn, everyone in life has to learn this, but especially if you have a chronic illness, when things get burned down, you have to rebuild. You have to rebuild. When the city you build burns, you have to rebuild. And that's like, to me, the biggest and hardest lesson is just like keep rebuilding keep rebuilding and I just think when you when you reach your tough days it is really really hard to just oh I'm just gonna rebuild like simple as that (laughs) like it it's not that easy and I think letting others know that every everyone with Lyme we are going through that and I think whatever but I hate saying this because it it kind of sucks but it is the reality like every little thing we do is an accomplishment but for me, I get blocked in my head because I'm like, okay, well, I'm still a living human. Like, yes, I'm going to take every little accomplishment as a good thing. But I would like some things that I could work for hard and that I reach to without having to put it, oh, it's, I can't reach right. it because I have Lyme. I don't know if I said that right. But yeah, I think we're similar in that way where we're both like, I'm like maybe a little perfectionist. Like, Yeah, I'm driven, very like- driven. Yeah, I, I and it's like, what really what do you do with that drive when you actually can't put it anywhere because it's gonna mess you up physically, and that's what I get in loops about. Me too. Because then that drive yeah. gets like angry that it's not being used, and then that's why that pressure that comes back to the cycle we we're just talking about. That's where that pressure comes from because the moment we get to use it, yes. they're like, we have to use this now, <laughs> and then yeah. it like blows up in our face sometimes, and it's like. <laughs> Ah, and then you go back Absolutely. and you're like, what can I work on? And it's like, the only thing I can work on there is not putting the pressure on and not getting so passionate, which is sad. Well, that's uh, maybe not less passionate, just maybe more balanced. Balanced. And maybe yeah, like you're right, actually. You're really more patient right. with ourselves. Yeah, I'm not like, a very okay. patient person. So, no, But Lyme is teaching me patience. <laughs> I'm thankful for Lyme for teaching me damn patience. Well, yeah, I mean, I hate it, but it's taught me so much shit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's one thing that I – yeah, another thing we can touch on is the positives of what Lyme has taught me 
is to love myself in a whole different way to um, be patient, which I still work with every moment to moment. And just to be thankful for the small things and empathy. It's definitely taught me empathy for everyone in every situation. Totally. And to let small things go. And also like the love now that you have to show yourself and also other people is an unconditional one because it's not contingent upon, oh, I love myself because I got in two hours of practicing today or I love myself because I put out an album. It has to be I love, I'm going to give myself compassion and be nicer to myself because I'm regardless here. Regardless of getting anything done. Yeah, yeah just because I'm here. I have to. Yeah, then that's enough. Like, I'm really into, um, I think I mentioned her name to you, but I want to say it so anyone can find her because she's been so helpful to me. This, um, she teaches meditation I, and, um, like, Buddhism. Her name's Tara Brock. B-R-A-C. Mm. Wait, how do you spell her last name? B-R-A-C-H. Beautiful. She's so great. She has this quote that I wrote down. The very last thing we want to do when we're feeling threatened is to let go of control. Because when we're really suffering, we're holding on tight to the sense something's wrong. But the freedom comes when we learn to loosen the grip. And surrender doesn't mean that we're resigning. It's a willingness to be with and say yes to what's actually here. Um, And I just think it's great. That is seriously incredible. And something I need to reiterate to myself a lot. Me too. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check out her podcast because she seems incredible just from hearing that. Yeah. Um, you it's all- kind of like... Oh. No, no, no. What were you about to say, love? Well, that always makes me think of... I mean, because I'm not good at this either and I'm really trying hard to be, but the um, there's no path to peace. Peace is the path is another mm-hmm. quote that I always think of, like a mantra, because I'm always saying... Okay, so tomorrow, if I get all this stuff done, I can feel good. Oh, you literally like, you just summed up my to-do list, which is, like, <laughs> not good. Yeah, exactly. You have to feel good before you, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have to reframe things to be like, you know what? I just have to be at peace now, even if I hate now. Because if I'm not at peace with now, I can't move on from now and make it better. Like, I have to be here now first, even if here sucks. now sucks. <laughs> yeah 100 percent. oh my goodness that's a good one um so we kind of skipped over a lot of your story because we got a little bit carried away but um so coming back from when you finally fa- if you want to keep chatting about your story when you finally found the doctor in the hospital and then your psychiatrist who both mentioned you have Lyme what were the next sort of steps that you took like, are you doing, tre- like, what other treatments have you done? Are you, what are you doing right now to sort of stay on top of it all? Yeah. Well, that doctor, he wasn't my psychiatrist. He was just, like, a family oh, doctor. Oh, okay. Like a family friend. Yeah. But he had, like, a very good perspective on it that was, like, Trust, no, you're yeah. okay. You're not anxious. Like, you have a sickness. And so, in a way, he was kind of like a psychologist. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he helped me. But, um, I'm sorry, what was the question? Um, no, 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 you're fine. So, like, what steps are you taking now to sort of, as much as you can, stay on top of it? Uh, great question. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, no, no, I honestly, like, I'm the same with my answer. Like, so. supplements? Like, like medication, do you mean? Um, really, whatever. Like, like, do you, are okay. there small techniques you do each day? Do you 
like do you take supplements are you on a diet like what what kind of realm of things just to help others give them some idea yeah absolutely well I think I need to say most importantly because I went deep down that rabbit hole and I have like a huge ass binder of like crazy stuff everything so with everything thing yes and you have to like breathe and you have to think everything I read online is not going to be true or helpful for me everyone is different yes you have to find a really good Lyme literate doctor who's also really reasonable and not like going to try to sell you a million different supplements Mm -hmm. and then if you can find a Lyme herbalist or just like a nutritionist so for me I have a really good doctor who's like super even keeled and smart and also Lyme literate and then on top of, so I'm on antibiotics for like a mm-hmm. few years now. I'm like a, a pulse regimen. On top of that, I eat, I just eat really well because I always have and it makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, kind of pescatarian. Yeah. I don't really have like refined sugar, um, but I do bake a lot and I just like to use like honey and unrefined flours and stuff. But, but I'm not like, I'm not like going to be super strict about it because I just feel like that's going to make me more yeah no I had I had a moment where I was like very very anal about my diet and it it did it did physically work but emotionally it killed me exactly and so I think that is such a important point as there was one point that I was taking like millions of supplements I was on the healthiest diet ever but I couldn't I had no social life no nothing because I was so focused because it's a full-time job taking all of them and yeah. like, not feeling nauseous and not throwing up and making sure you eat at the right time or don't eat at the right time and etc cetera, etc cetera. and God. yeah so I right now I'm actually sticking with more positive mindset and less focused on being restrictive um, I'm so glad you said that. That's totally, I'm trying to do that because I actually, it's funny, I'm saying this, but I'm looking at my medicine bin full of hundred, like a hundred things. Yeah, I still so have I so want, many things I, that are under my bed right now because I just had to like take a moment. <laughs> I mean, for me, I just, I'm trying to find a balance, honestly, because I still take a lot of supplements every day and herbs. And then on top of it, I have my antibiotics. So I do both. Um, but I've definitely pared down the herbs I've definitely pared down the supplements because I think that even worse than not taking something that you might need is being an extremist about it. Mm -hmm. So it took me a few years to realize that because I was taking everything I read about everything, but I've made myself so sick from taking so much stuff, even just like mentally, because I don't know how I'm supposed to leave the house when I have to take like oh, oh, same <laughs> pellets and pictures and capsules and tablets and it's 50 a day at different times and you have to spread them out from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some can have food, some understand. can't have food. Like it's crazy. It's actually, it's actual insanity and people don't understand, but I should take a picture and send it to you. It's actual insanity. Like I have something that's in pellet form. I have tinctures. I have stuff that can't be taken together. Like, cause it's like, you know, yeah. um, a drawing formula you can't take after you eat because it'll take nutrients yeah. out of your body. So, it's like, there's literally not enough time in the day, George. There's really not. There's really, really not. So, right now I'm trying to focus on magnesium to relax my muscles because I've been having some stuff with that lately. Do you do a lot of Epsom um, salt baths? 
well, I don't have a bath right now, but <sighs> I'll do like foot baths because I I'm actually all about that. Like that actually really helped me when I had a bath. Yeah, that, the Epsom salt, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's my good. one requirement in my apartment. It can be the crappiest apartment, but as long as I have a bath, because <laughs> I am anal about my baths. Totally, totally. When I was really sick a few years ago, it was my sickest year, and I I couldn't even work. I was so sick. Every single day, I was taking at least a bath a day, just like an Epsom salt bath. Yeah. And it was the only thing that was making me feel... Alive. <laughs> any- alive. I was going to say alive. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, Epsom salt baths definitely keep me alive. And so and I think- you were still listing off yeah. things. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, so, right. I mean, it's really just a phase thing because I'll take a lot of stuff at different, at different moments, mm-hmm. but... I really like, um, I don't know if you know Mana Lauren or Laura Seiden. It's like no, coconut oil. Oh, I'm definitely going to look really, into that. It's very well researched. It's heavy duty stuff and it will probably make you herx. So titrate up slowly. But um, the brand I take is Laura Seiden mm-hmm. and it's, it's from coconut oil, but it's, it's like, it's, it's in a form that is basically like, it's like an antibiotic, but it's resistant to, um, tolerance like you know how like antibiotics can like yeah no I that's why that's why I can't do um, antibiotics for my treatment because I did them my whole life for my kidneys so I can't do I tried a year and a half of antibiotic treatment but it I I just built up tolerance to all of them that's so that's that's the scary part about it with um monolaurin you there's a resistant like I'm not explaining you're fine you can't build resistance so yeah oh okay Um, yeah yeah no I get that that's and actually something I, I definitely ever... should look into then. <laughs> oh, I'll text it to you. You should definitely. It's it, it it has helped me a lot. I've taken a lot of things, and I can say a lot of them haven't done anything, but that one has actually made a noticeable difference. Um, and question, do you, do you start things separately so you can um, see which one has an effect or not? Because this is something I've always struggled with. <laughs> I'll be given like a freaking bag of things, and then I'll start taking them all. And then I'm like, wait, I don't know which one's working, which one's hurting. Like, ah. Yeah. So, like, yes, I should do that. But I say I should, I but can't. it's that when, when do you it's have the time impossible. to. Oh, there it is. Yeah. That makes me feel a lot better. Because, oh, girl, I'm with you. And, like, ideal in an ideal world where we had 50 hours in a day, we could do that. But how am I supposed to do that when, and the first doctor I saw, like the first Lyme doctor I saw, who ended up being a horror show of poor ethics and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. He, I walked out of that office after spending like $2,000 with a bag of like 50 supplements and herbs and a schedule that would blow your mind to see. And there was no way I could do one at a time. Otherwise it would take me like 50 years. Yep. So then you don't know what's helping and what's hurting. So that's kind of also why I'm trying to pare down right now and like breathe and take it slow and just, I try to do the one at a time and then I try to log if there's any change so I can know if that's worth continuing or if it's just worth throwing out. Yeah. So I do think one at a time is the way to do it if you can. And um, I would recommend that. Yeah. If, if I was to start again, I think I would definitely do. I would like ask my doctor, okay, what is the main thing that you believe will help me most to the le- to the lesser thing? And I'm going to start on the main thing and then each day add or each second day add in something. Because I think, I think my that, I, that would be in my ideal world if I could go back 
and like start. And honestly, when I go to a doctor next, I'll probably do that and be like, okay, I need the top 10 and then I need the list after. So I think that is so smart. That's so smart. And that's what I started doing in the past year once I realized like, okay, I cannot continue like this. I have no money left, you know, to spend on stuff. Yeah, well, that's no- the thing as well is you lose so much money with each supplement. Yeah. yeah. And some of them so just the don't work. Now, oh, yeah, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, I definitely think it's important to do one at a time. And like, they say to do it like for three days before introducing a new thing. So mm-hmm. if in three days you haven't Herx, you probably won't. And the Herx being like, I don't know if anyone, if everyone knows what that is. Yeah, I think most people do. But if you want to give a little explanation, feel free. Yeah, just um, the Herxheimer reaction or Herx when die off happens, which means in a good way that it's working, but in a bad way, you're going to get sicker. Things get get a lot worse and a lot suckier first. Yes, that's a good way to put it. But trust that you'll be getting better after. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. So. I try to take less stuff now, but um, I would definitely say to anyone who's starting out, like, take it slow, one at a time, keep a log of what helps and what doesn't, and if it doesn't help, I don't care who's saying online that it helps them, don't take it, because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a key thing to remember with Lyme, is everyone is different, and we all do heal differently, and we may have similar uh, symptoms now and then, but most of us do have different symptoms. And I think just remembering that you're on a different path than everyone else. And it isn't like most mainstream sicknesses where you can just do one protocol and you'll be better. Like that is the difference with Lyme. And I think why it's so hard for doctors to acknowledge is there is not one set path for a recovery. And that's what the scary part is. Yeah, I think you just touched on also part of why it's so controversial and so hard to get coverage for insurance wise, because being that it's systemic, and like late stage or chronic, mm-hmm. it's, there's not a panacea like, oh, take this and you'll be good in a month. Yeah. It's a lot of things and it's probably for a long time, a longer period of time, but you can get better and you will get better. And I think it's really important to stay hopeful. Yeah. And maybe not read online. Because yeah, no, I'm, stuff online, I'm like very, I suck at reading. So I'm luckily don't have that issue where I go read online, okay. but I, I, my, my parents do sometimes and some of my friends send me articles and for me, I actually try not read as much because then I feel like I do get like very straight. I get very overwhelmed, a lot more overwhelmed than I already am for sure. Yeah. You're not alone with that. I actually finding your podcast was the first, first thing I found with Lyme that was actually positive and I wanted to listen to because it made me feel one less alone, two hopeful and three, like, we were all supporting each other. Yeah, It's hard to find that because everyone's scared, and I don't blame them. But Yeah. Well, that's my biggest thing is, like, to stay positive. I, I think my biggest success in my sickness has been to learn a positive mindset, even though when yeah. things are, like, at their worst. And don't get me wrong, I still have days where I'm like, fuck this. But, <laughs> <laughs> but always coming back to it's not permanent people like rivers were always flowing it's not permanent and I I actually did have struggles at first following a lot of Lyme people because I got caught up in the sort of sad part of it and Mm -hmm. I think what I realized is there needs to be this positive outlet of we can do this we've got this look how far we've come like 
Mm-hmm. I know how much I've grown since I first got sick. Like I had no idea what the F was happening. And now when I have a symptom, I can just be like, look, that's Lyme. It's okay. It's not, it's not terrifying. It used to be terrifying. Now I know it. It's fine. I got it. Even when I have a new symptom come, it's a lot easier because I, I don't freak out like, oh my God, I'm dying. It's like, okay, this is Lyme. It's showing in another way now. How do I deal with it this time? I need to write down everything you just said and read it every day because that's like the thing that I, I can, I, I know intellectually, I agree with what you're saying, but emotionally, even after all this time, like, I'm going to be honest, that's so hard for me because even lately I have, I have symptoms that I haven't had in years and Mm -hmm. it's like, is it going to threaten to take me down or am I going to like be resilient but it's really hard well I think that it's knowing that think of how much you've already overcome what else can you overcome I think it's as simple like for me I try to keep it pretty simple because when I'm at my worst state it's really hard to get complicated so I need something really simple and I literally sorry my voice I literally say to myself we are like a moving river we're a body of water it's not going to stay still and I will get through this, even though it freaking sucks, but there are rapids and we get through the rapids oh, and then we'll go to smooth sailing. That has gotten me oh my gosh, so far. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to write that down afterwards because yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I also love the idea of like simplifying, like mm-hmm. just having one thing that you hold on to, to like pull you out of the water and just like keep you afloat. Like that's so smart. Yeah. Like, that's definitely what, and then like. Sometimes, in all honesty, sometimes I actually, on the complete flip side, I get, like, guilty because I'm, like, I have Lyme. Should I be feeling more sad? Should I be in this place? And then I'm just, oh, like, interesting. yeah, it's really, it's, it's like, a really weird flip side that I'm, like, am I being too positive? Like, will people not believe wow. me because I'm so happy and trying to do so much? And that being said, I'm not happy all the time. But <laughs> No, okay, I totally. But you I feel, you hear that you flip side you. I'm talking about, like. You get nervous that if you're doing so well, um, that it's like, should I be? Is it all the time? Yeah, absolutely. You know what it's I'm like. Saying. It, yeah, and that's. I'm so glad you said that because people don't talk about that. For me, it's one. Are other people going to not believe me then mm-hmm. that I am sick? Mm-hmm. But two, and I think because we that had that self-doubt. moment, yeah. For it's yourself, and for having the moment of people not that long time where people didn't believe you it like weirdly puts you back in that position that you're like am I threatening them defended yeah but you don't that's the truth is yeah listen you can't change people and this is another like Lyme to life um realization is that in Lyme and in life people are just not gonna believe like people are just gonna think what they think and you can't you can't control what people think and like listen we have we have each other in this community and we have people in our lives, hopefully who do believe us. But if you don't like you have to find someone who does and then just say like to hell with the rest of people. Cause no one, no one's perfect. You can't control what people think. or where Exactly. They're at in their path. You don't know what they're going through, what they've been through That's and true. what they've That's been true. taught. And I think a key That's point true. in this is to those of you who, if you, I believe most people do have at least one person. If you don't have that one person, I know you've definitely got me. You've got most of the people that yes. come on this podcast that you can reach out to and know that we will get it and we will be here oh, to absolutely. listen to your story and to validate you because you needing validation is not crazy. It's normal. 
Absolutely. And anyone could, you know, reach out to me if you want to about Lyme stuff. And I'm because I had people I could do that with when I first got sick and they are the people who got me through. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So reach out to us. Um, Well, I think we've talked about a lot. Is there anything else you want to touch on? I could talk to you for hours. Same. (laughs) It's so, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I just, I guess I, I don't know. Like there's so much that you have to wade through. Yeah. With Lyme. But I guess I do want to say that you can get through it though. Mm -hmm. Like and there's you you will you've gotten this far and you will and it feels a lot of the time that you won't and it's not worth it but it is worth it 100 percent. yes absolutely and like there's though there's one quote that I also because I have all my I love your quotes the quotes you sent me (laughs) I literally have the one of them in my background yay Yay. so this is another great one from one of my favorite books called the faithful gardener Mm. and it's this immutable and faithful force that moves all human beings toward new life, no matter what fire has taken them down. I I love that as well. And we really need that because we have fires like every day, pretty much. Yeah. I think maybe I need a tattoo of that just like across my forehead (laughs) every morning. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Okay. Well, would you like to plug your Instagram? If you have a website, go for your website. Sure. Um, your anything to do with your music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram. I think what is my name on there? <laughs> um, it's just my full name, Kira Valella, K I R A, V E L E L L A. I'll also put it in um, the show notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then from there, like you can find my music online. Um, I have an EP I put out a while ago called Daughter, and I have new songs i'll be releasing as singles hopefully you know yeah in, when it happens yeah yeah so awesome. yeah definitely with lime or just starting out um you, you can reach out to me just uh, also as well as georgia because i'm i'd love to like offer any help i have a lot of experience now so if i could help anyone with it it will make it maybe worth it mm-hmm. no it's healing in itself to help yeah. others and especially with the knowledge you've attained through this journey, yeah. it will, I think, help. My goal is to help have people skip some of the steps you and I had to go through. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Please, yes. That's the, that's a good goal. Yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad I reached out to you. Absolutely. You're awesome. You as so well. you're doing as I, yeah. as like most times I speak to people with Lyme, I feel like I have a kindred connection with you very quickly. I know. I felt that as soon as we talked. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So very, very grateful for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a lovely day. Love. Okay. You too. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. And that's the episode for today. What a good conversation. I hope that you guys took something out of it and enjoyed it. As I've said before, if you do enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much for me, to me, if you guys could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the podcast get out there more and hopefully help others. So that would mean a lot. Also, feel free to share it on your Instagram and just share it with your friends, family, fellow Limeys, etc. If you'd like to share your story, then shoot a message to Blooming With Lime podcast on instagram 
or through email at bloomingwithlymedisease at gmail.com. The names will be in the show notes as well. And yeah, hopefully your story will be on here soon. Thanks for listening. Have an incredible day or night wherever you are. And remember that sometimes real, raw and relatable conversations are more important than the hard, cold facts.